Nyanya Seo, this is Pastor Tanyo, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. Merry Christmas. And also, I am praying that you have a happy new year, a safe, secure in God, happy new year. Amen. It has been a lot going on lately, but I wanted to kind of get down into some things that God had impressed in on my spirit as well. And I thought about like my first time hearing someone preach. And I thought about how this person had impacted my life. I mean, just so um, profound that God brought some things back to my remembrance. And he was talking about how the significance of his way and his life has impacted me so that it is not about us mere mortals. It's about God and how he has been significantly being able to, um, through synapses, which is our brain, through the protons, neutrons, how he's able to be able to fulfill everything that I needed in time and in season that I have become much more than what I have thought I would be. And yet I have so much more to go towards. Amen. And I want to say this so much is because we can be able to have an impact on people and she is still in my life today. I'm thankful and grateful for her. And I wanted to just let her know from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate her and I thank her. Because when she was at her lowest, she still wrote me and told me what, you know, the significance of what that low point was. And when she told me that low, low point in her life, it opened me up to how God has become more of an impact, more of a profound address or a love letter to us. And I'm going to say this with more clarity is that the more I get into the word of God, the more that God becomes more of a love letter that he has written to us, the word of God to us and to teach us what we should not be doing, what we should be doing and what we should be looking for in our lives and in our character and in other people and in their character. So to me, it's like never short or never, um, sell your way of who God is in your life short. Never think that everything that you either are going through or someone else is going through can impact you directly or indirectly, but give you a whole different meaning on who God is in your life. As a true believer, we have examples. We just need to look and also be able to have discernment on whom we should be talking to, whom should be having the most impact in our lives. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. There will be significant people that are going to be in our lives. That's going to be teaching us life lessons, people that are going to be able to, you know, give us what we need. And also at the same exact time, teach us what not to do and what to do. And that to me speaks volumes. So to me, I'm going to tell you, like I, I, I know for a fact throughout everything that was going on, 
whether it's my ups and downs, ins and outs, I am eternally grateful to God bringing all these different women and men of God in my lives. And some of them were not of God. Some of them were of God. Some of them had their faults and their fears. And then some of them were just some individuals whom lost their lives over things, places, people, uh, identities, just all these different things that's balled up into one element, which is a human being. Do I condone what they did? No. But what I'm telling you is that the ones that went back and confessed and, you know, said that they were genuinely sorry, you're starting to see a whole lot more of their radiance and their going and trying to do what God says do. And I'm saying this not to put a shed of light on anyone or um, not to call fault to them because that's not what I'm trying to do. But what I'm trying to tell you is that because we confess our sins, because we are doing what God says do, because we are trying to be able to live up to God's expectations, we're going to falter, we're going to fail, but we can confess our sins to God and confess our sins and, and go back and, and, and get back up again. And knowing full well that once we do that and don't make it a whole, I mean, our, we are living on the grace and mercy, but do not keep doing the same things. Don't keep, um, sinning just because you can, because as you can see now more than ever, you keep doing the same patterns you've been doing. Death is at the door. Uh, shame is at the door. There are so many different things that, you know, keep going into their whole entire lifestyle. It's not, it's not going to change anything. If you don't sit there and stop the patterns you've been doing and start realizing, you know, having God in, and, and I mean, you can pray, you say, Lord, I thank you so much for blessing me and keeping me, but also Lord, do surgery on me. Show me what I need to be able to, where I fall short and show me what I need to change. And that may be for some people, but that may not be for some people, but I'm telling you right now, for me personally, that helped me a lot. That helped me through to change a lot of different ways that I've been doing to change the mannerisms that isn't of God. Is it going to go overnight? No. But I'm working on those mannerisms and I'm working on those patterns that I think and I know that God has told me is not right. So I have to keep going and I have to sit there and not sin. And when you're knowing it's a part of what you used to be, automatically you need to cut, you need to be able to kill. And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually, the old man of what you used to do. And I don't know, this may be just for me, but lately, like I said, God has been impressing on me that if we don't sit there and kill the old man and kill what we used to do, and then also the same exact time, we need to set ourselves aside. We need to be sanctified by God. We need to set ourselves aside to hear from him.
whether it's fasting, prayer, meditation, uh, sometimes even people, places. I mean, it sometimes it's even just the situation you're in or the um job that you have that can be toxic. God will remove you from that and give you a different location just because he needs you out of that environment. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Everybody isn't for you. And sometimes he will just tell you to just go to work, do what you have to do for, you know, to be able to help support your family and then go about your way. And some people need to understand that everybody isn't going to be your friend. Everybody isn't, you're not always going to be there. You're there to be able to be the light and to bring other people out. But sometimes God will just have you to be able to be there for a placeholder in order for people to understand what is significantly going on. And then you have to move on from that situation. Amen. Now, I want to go back into Joshua. And I know I've talked about a whole lot of different things, but God was telling me about how we should sanctify ourselves and I know I've already talked about it, but it says sanctification, the process or the result of being made holy, the nation of holiness, which applies to things, places, and people means that they are consecrated, set apart for the use of God, who is utterly pure and apart from all imperfections and evil. All right. And a lot of times this is from the Zovan illustrated Bible dictionary. And I wanted to let you know that first and foremost, that God puts us in places. God puts us in places and different situations in order for us to be tested. And also the same exact time before we go into war, God sets us aside, whether it's for prayer, whether it's for fasting, meditation, again, once again, or sometimes God wants to set you aside and have you isolated so he can talk to you. Sometimes he's setting you aside so that you can be able to get so many different distractions away from you because you can have family, friends, you know, spouses, uh, children, you can have all these different elements going around in your mind, in your life that God can sit there and say, look, I need you to prioritize me as first and have everything else to fall into place. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And I don't know if this is for you, but I, I, when I started first starting, um, having to do a lot of different things as in, um, school and going to college and, and even in just starting classes, I would prioritize my, um, way of my time and my management. And some people can do that. And some people have to wing it, but I had to start managing what I did first and what I did second and third and fourth and fifth because it becomes a whole lot more enlarged to me. And because I'm a mother, I am, um, uh, you know, first and foremost, I am God's child. So I need to have time with him. And then I am a spouse. So I have to have time with my husband. And then I'm a mother and I have three children. So I have to be able to spend time with all three of them. And it just, 
housework, um, homework, and just, you know, trying to be able to stay fit, uh, trying to be able to go back to the way that I used to be and working out and giving some, just spending time, just being able to start some, sometimes just being able to get my hair done or, you know, get my nails done or just self-care as they say. But, and then reading the word of God and, you know, trying to be able to do what needs to be done. And, and so many people get bogged down by that. So I would sit there and I would have a schedule of what I need to do and daily some things that I needed to do on a daily basis and some things I needed to do like on Monday, I need to do this on Tuesday. I needed to do that. Well, Wednesday coming up and I need this significantly done. So it just becomes more of a pattern for me so that it doesn't become so cumbersome and I'm so bogged down and I think, oh, woe is me. So I wanted to go in and talk to you and first I want to say significantly is that God is the author and the finisher of our faith, period. And I wanted to go back because I wanted to go and do a Joshua fourth chapter. And I wanted to do this as a significance because it is huge what Joshua was doing with the people and the Ark of the Covenant and also going into battle. There was sanctification and some people may think that it's kind of, you know, a different battle term or what have you, but you know, nine times out of 10, I've learned that if you go in, before you go into battle, you, you know, Shabbat God, you, you talk to God, you, you praise him, you give him his glory, his honor, and he will fight your battles and he will be able to be the one that you turn to, not your husband, not your children. I ain't not your friends or what is God and God alone. Amen. But I wanted to go back into Joshua, the fourth chapter. Let's start at the 17th verse. And then we'll go a little bit into also to the fifth chapter of Joshua. And please keep in mind that Every time that we read the word of God, have your Bible ready, have it. I have it with me as a physical cover to cover because, uh, they are trying to change, alter, um, deviate, take things out, add to the word of God. And God is not not pleased with that. So I want to let you know, this is the King James version. This is the one that I am used to. Please make sure when you get the NIV version or um, whatever version you come that is coming out, make sure that this is the word of God. Amen. And get you at least a journal or a piece of uh, paper or pen to be able to jot down what I believe is something significant for the church. And we being the church needs to know in the word of God. Amen. All right. So I'm in Joshua, the fourth chapter, 17th verse, Joshua, therefore commanded the priests, saying, come ye up out of Jordan, 18th verse. And it came to pass when the priests that bared the Ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land that the waters of Jordan remained unto their place and flowed all over all his banks as they did before. 
Verse 19, and the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgog in the east border of Jericho. Verse 20, and those stones, 12 stones, which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgad. Verse 21, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, when your children shall ask their father in time to come, saying, what mean these stones? Verse 22, then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Let me say that one more time. Verse 22, then ye shall let your children know, saying Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Verse 23, for the Lord your God dried up the water of Jordan from before you until ye had passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Now, the significance is huge here. Going back to the 17th verse and all the way down to the 23rd verse. See, when God put the Ark of the Covenant, before God had put the Ark of the Covenant and the priests, which are the Levites, to carry the Ark of the Covenant over to Gilgad on the other side of the Jordan, he was able to dry up the, the river. And I love how God does that because he was significantly making a pattern that the people realized and recognized that they were able to cross the Red Sea because of what God did through Moses. And I love how God does this yet again in Joshua to let people understand that he is still with them throughout all of the things that they had to go through. And it wasn't just one little day that they crossed. And it was significant because approximately the Red Sea was about maybe six to seven days journey to be able to cross it. And then at the same exact time, God was still holding the Egyptians up with fire coming from heaven. So I'm telling you that God is something about being able to understand when God sits there, he protects us and he gives us the tools that we need in the battle is something that you cannot be able to sit there and comprehend the enemy is bewildered and shocked and perplexed when God comes in and he intervenes for his children. Amen. Because he didn't expect that God will do this. He expects that, you know, he expects that God will uh, come in and he will do the impossible for his children, but he doesn't know how he's going to be able to come in and intervene for us. Amen. So what I'm telling you right now, this is significant is because when he stopped the river Jordan from flowing, the water is constantly something that we need. Amen. Every that, especially that region. And what I've learned is that the river Jordan and also the Nile river are the main, a lot of times functions for the people to be able to receive water, to be able to bathe and also be able to have their goods to be shipped, um, to and fro from market and, um, different places in the world. So I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's something significant that God has been able to bless 
and knowing how he is for his children. Amen. And I love that the stones represented that came from the river, that same river, Joshua was able to place it on the other side so that when the children of Israel tell the next generations and decades from now, how, and how how did they cross? They can say that from the river Jordan, those smooth stones, those stones can be able to be a, a, a cornerstone or a symbolic symbol for their people that God had been able to do it yet again. Now I'm going to say this one more time. A lot of people don't realize that God can be able to put a whole lot of different symbolisms in your life that reminds you of what God has been able to bring you over. Amen. And be able to let you understand and remember, Hey, this is what God brought me from this year into 2023. And I remember God used to have me working at HEB and now I'm here doing my podcast in 2023. I mean, You never know what God is being able to prepare for you and be able to keep you in those times of your struggles and then being able to prepare you a pathway in order for you to go to your next journey. So never think that God doesn't think about you or he doesn't sit there and he doesn't know where you're going. He knows everything. It's just that we need to be able to trust God and give God everything that we have and knowing that the relationship we have with him should be based on knowing that he is God. We are his children and we are the ones that are able to sit there and say, look, God, I trust you. I'm, I'm dependent on you. I'm not dependent on anyone else, but you. So I wanted to kind of just, I mean, that's something that I don't, it may be small to some people, but if you don't give God his just through his, his praise, his admiration, how can you trust him in the bad and the good when you always want to go back to what you used to do? You always want to, you know, when you seem like, oh, I don't have enough. Let me go back to this place. Let me go ahead and do this. Let me go ahead and do that. God is going to sit there and say, you know what? You figure it out and I will sit back. He is just a gentleman. But when you start realizing, wait a minute, this is not the way that I should be going. This is not the way I should be, you know, figuring this out. This is not what God has told me. Then you will realize, wait a minute, hold up. I love God back where, you know, back where I was thinking, okay, I can take care of this bill by myself. I can do this by myself. I can do that. No. So every time that you think is I, 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 not God, God, and God, and I'm talking about God, the Elohim, El Shaddai, I'm talking about the one that's the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that one. See, when you leave God out of the equation of everything, the math ain't mathing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You cannot leave God out of anything because he's the one that sit there and he formed you and shaped you in your mother's womb. So people need to realize that and understand that. We cannot be able to get on dry land if we don't tell and do what God says do in order for him to prepare us, in order for us to be able to go over to the places that we need to go, in order for him to be able to show us what we need to do. 
in order for us to hear God perfectly and pitch perfectly in order for us to know what God needs for us to do in these last and evil days. We need to be able to talk to him. We need to get in contact with God. Stop sitting up here and TV and phone and all this other stuff and internet and relationships here with human beings and all this other stuff. And you're not talking to God. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. You need to be in constant communication with him. Constant. I mean, there is not a day that doesn't go by. And I say, Lord, I thank you for waking me up, being able to have my two eyes open, my faculties of my limbs, and just thanking you for everything that you have given me. And knowing who you are in my life and prayer is very important. So what I'm telling you is that everything that God is telling you to do, do it and trust in him. And that's why I like about Joshua. Amen. Now on the 24th verse that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty that ye might fear the Lord, your God forever. Let me say that one more time. This is very significant. Very, please listen. This is very important that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that ye may fear the Lord, your God forever. It don't say nothing about anyone else. It just says about God and God alone so that we can know how to be all, all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. It is mighty that ye may fear the Lord, your God forever. And this is more, this is in the old Testament, but it's in the new Testament too. So what I'm saying is that that's God's characteristics and we need to respect God for that. We shall not have no other God before that's in the commandments. That's in the, that's the first one. That's the first one. And we should not sit there. God is a jealous God. We shall not have no other God before him. He is the alpha omega first and the last. He is El Shaddai Elohim Rapha. He is, he is. The one we should be serving. There is no other God. You should be every time you say his name and his son's name. It shouldn't be no cussing. It shouldn't be no, no disrespect. It needs to be that we need to be able to significantly when we call upon the Lord and Jesus, there is a reverence on both of their Holy Spirit, on all of them, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all of it. You need to reverence those and and stop sitting here and thinking. You need to teach that to your children. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. You need to teach that to your children and your children needs to teach that to your children's children to respect God. Because you're starting to see now more than ever, this next generation has no respect for God, has no type of reverence, no type of relationship. We need to be teaching our children how to have a relationship with God. How is it important to know the word? How it is to be able to read the word of God and be able to have a relationship with God so that when you are not there and no longer living, can't even call them on the phone and they can't call you. They know who they can go to in their times of need. 
and not just need, but also in their times of distress or even in their times of joy, just to say, thank you, Lord. That's, I mean, to know that God has gotten you thus far and then to have your children to sit there and say, thank you, Lord. That's huge. That's more than money can buy in the bank. That's more gold than silver and bronze. That's more than anything else. It's not just, not just, not just recognizing God, but reverence him and honoring him at the same exact, all three things at the same exact time. Honor, reverence, and, 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 and recognizing that that's God and no other God before him. All right. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You need to recognize, you need to be able to reverence God and you need to honor God in all the things that you say and do. Amen. Now we go into the fifth chapter of Joshua and it came to pass that when all the Kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward and all the Kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over that their hearts melted. Neither were their spirits in them anymore because of the children of Israel. See, just because of significance is that because you have done what God says do, and you have started to pause and given your sanctification, you have been able to do what God says do. And whatever capacity that he tells you to do, whether it's fasting, prayer, meditation, working on yourself, um, or, you know, getting rid of the idols that you have or what you used to have or whatever you used to be able to do that's before him. You need that. You've been able to sit there and say, you know, what? I'm getting rid of all of this and I'm doing what you say do. Let me tell you something because of them hearing, I mean, just hearing it. Just the enemies of the Israelites hearing what he, that God had dried up the water of, I mean, the rivers of Jordan that he dried up, dried it up for them to cross over, man, you already know if you already seen how big your enemy was and you knew your enemy was with God and you weren't with God, oh, your heart will sit there and say, you know what? I, I don't even, I can't even fight. My God can't even, I have to move my God. I have to sit up here and I have to give my God so many different, you know, accolades and so many this and all this other stuff. And he don't even move. He don't even come and respect me and all this other stuff. And, and they have a God that, I mean, I'm just, I'm just in my head. This is what I'm thinking. Okay. And it's not in the word of God, but I'm just saying in my head, I'm thinking, Man, I, I'm, I'm serving this other God, but you know, they're serving a God that is living, that is breathing, that is talking to them, that can be able to dry up the rivers of Jordan. And I got to go against them. Oh, I'm done. I, 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 I might as well call it a wrap. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry just to know that, you know, my battle with the Israelites that's just, I mean, their God is so, I mean, huge that this God will not be able to let them falter or faint. Okay. 
I'm done. I, I mean, I, I might as well not even be king. And I, I mean, that's how I would feel. I don't know about them. I mean, that's that's just like a a paraphrasing or like you know, kind of giving that like, what would you think if if God came and you know you wasn't right with God and you had to go up against God? Oh, that's look at Job. Go, go to, I mean, go to the book of Job. I mean, Job got dragged for telling God, like, you know, how, how he can be able to sit there. And, you know, God was like, you, did you make, did you make the, him? did you make, you know, man, uh, were you there when I formed the earth? Were you there? I mean, he dragged him for two, I mean, two, I mean, two chapters. I mean, that's whoo. Anyway, I'm just saying. You need to understand that God, honestly, as soon as, I mean, as soon as the Canaanites, as soon as the Amorites heard what was going on, I would have said, I'm done. I got to move my people. I'm sorry. This ain't, no, I understand this is my land, but you know, this is the God that I don't even, I can't, I'm coming up against this God. I mean, Yahweh, Elohim, mm -mm, I know. Okay. I, I can't, I can't. I just, I just can't. I would be like, look, that is beyond my pay grade. I, it's been nice knowing y'all, but we got to move. And I mean, I'm just saying like, that's, that's my mentality. But let's go on to verse two. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again, the children of Israel the second time. Verse three, and Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now, let me say this. Circumcision is something that uh, males have to have the foreskin of their private to be uh, cut off. And this is something that is done as a uh, symbolism towards uh, their tradition and their, uh, their way of life. Amen. In Israel. So I just wanted to put that out because this is something that was significant for the children of Israel to do. And also because a lot of them were living in Egypt. Some of them were born into Egypt, but they did not keep this tradition or, or this type of, uh, way of life for the males at that time, because some of them went away from it while they were there. And nine times out of 10, a lot of times they were mostly, uh, doing the, you know, bricks and hay and, um, water and having to build the pyramids to building different, um, demigods for the Egyptians. Amen. So their lives were always busy and they did not have as much time as some people thought back when they were in Egypt. Amen. Now, and also at the same exact time in the wilderness, because they were wandering 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, a lot of the people that went to war at that time had passed away because of their disobedience. Uh, they went away. Now they have to be able to come back into the whole entire, excuse me, dynamics of who God is. Amen. 
verse five. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them, they had not circumcised verse six for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swear that he will not show them in the land, which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he will give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse seven, and their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. Verse eight, and it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And they mean until they were well from all of these different circumcisions, the males. Amen. Verse nine. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgad until this day. Verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgad and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. So they were able to sit there and as some people may not or may know, Passover is talking about how they had were able as the children of Israel, they had their traditions, they had their customs. So Passover was something that was very significant for them to keep going and doing at that time. And for them, it was something that was more so sacred. And even where they go, Passover should have been still implemented. And because of Egypt and where they were, they were not able to keep Passover. They were not able to keep what God has told them. That was very significant. And at the time, Passover is when they were talking about when they were in Egypt and they were in Egypt when there was a death angel that came into the camp. And because of the lamb's blood, which is the young lambs, they sacrificed them and they put it, the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and put it on the top and also the sides of the door so that the death angel can pass over them and go and into the camp of the Egyptians and kill their firstborn. Whatever it was a man, a female, or even an animal. So this was very significant for people to realize and understand why they were able to do their first Passover. Amen. In this land. Amen. Now let's go back. Verse uh, 11. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the same, same, excuse me, self same day. Also, this was another significant milestone for the children of Israel. 
They eat the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and the parched corn in the selfsame day to remind them that they did not have uh, flour or yeast at that time in order for them to be able to make their cakes rise. They had to be able to have that type of bread to be eaten and also the old corn to symbolize their time in their, I mean, pretty much they were um, slaves to the Egyptians and having that time to be able to reflect on when God brought him, brought them out through uh, his servant, Moses, that was something very significant for them. So they had to recognize what God had given them. And this is something that they kept continuously doing in order for them to remember God and their lowest points so that they can keep knowing when they're in their high points that God is still with them and that we should keep God first. Amen. And then it says in the 12th verse, and the manna ceased on the morrow. After they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Well, what they were talking about is paraphrasing of the manna that came from God and that God was able to give them the bread they need in the and the food was 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 heavenly, as they have said. And when they were eating that time that God had honestly had given them manna and because of how some people were sitting there and um, complaining about, you know, the food and everything else that God sat there and he no more, he wasn't able to give them anymore. And, but they were able to eat of the fruit of the land of the Canaan um, that year. So God was able to still provide for them, even in that strange land. Amen. Verse 13. Let's go. Let me, let me, let me go back for a few minutes. Okay. But what I'm saying is that also during that time, the manna ceased on, on that's that, you know, uh, the next day, which is tomorrow, tomorrow after they eaten of the old corn of the land and neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. Sometimes we can be able to put God in a situation that we sit there and we declare things instead of being able to give God the glory and his just due. A lot of times we sit there and we put God in a box and we shouldn't put God in a box. As you can see, plainly see in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, God is still showing his strength and his might and his his character and his power and his way towards uh, the children of Israel because he is God. Now we need to start focusing, even though manna, which is bread, was no longer given, the fruit of the land was still able to be provided to them that year. God, once again, because God has stopped one thing, that doesn't mean that God is not going to provide in the land for the people in a different holy, another different environment, another different place from Egypt to Canaan. 
That's huge. Even in the, in the wilderness, God still provided for his people. Even as they were complaining, that's what took them 40 days and 40 nights is because they were complaining and not doing what God says do. And you see, when you complain and your, your characteristics are starting to show through, God is going to sit there and say, why am I giving you this? Or, or why is it that you're taking so long in a trial or tribulation when you're sitting up here and you're doing all of these different things, you're complaining. And instead of sitting there and saying, you know what? I trust God. I, I thank God for the things that he has given me. I thank God for all. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust him even in the good and in the bad. So it's the mindset also. And once again, I love how it does go back that, you know, if you are positive, a lot of different um, chemicals in your body, especially in your brain, is is able to help you focus, help you to sleep, help you to be able to continuously exercise and go and, and live your life the way that God would love you to do. But when you have anxiety, stress, depression, um, all these different, um, things, your, your dopamines and all these other different chemicals that are in your body, you won't be able to even think or process or even be able to have a thought because you have been able to have like a block or a mental block. As some people say, like writers, we go through mental blocks. If we're writing constantly and we don't know what to think or, 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 you know, be able to put what's on a piece of paper because of our brain is so mentally just clouded with things or ordeals or different situations, instead of giving it to God, we become a mental block and we, we can't go around it until we release it um, until we give God all of our control and our power, give it to him. Amen. So let's go into the 13th verse. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went up unto him and said, Unto him, art thou for us or for our adversaries? 14 verse. And he said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and say unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? Now, I love how God was able to send a mighty mighty, mighty. You can tell it was an angel of the Lord of hosts to Joshua. And I love how Joshua was able to address him. Are you for me or are you against me? So that he can be able to ascertain or uh, try to be able to make sure that this person is going to not, if they were for the enemy, not going to be able to talk and, you know, eliminate the, the, the problem. Or if they're with, if the person is with you, then you can be able to see that's an ally. That's someone that's going to be able to fight with you. But because he said, nay, I am here for God's work and for his glory. I mean, he fell on his face immediately because that's something that God has sent to you and you know, that's an angel. So, you know, that's part of who God is. And when you know that, that, <laughs> that individual, and it's not even an, it's an angel, 
comes from God, then you immediately recognize who God is. And he fell on his face immediately, which I know I would do too, because this is something that God has, has had hit in mind an angel to come and talk to you. That's huge. That's, I mean, that's big for, you know, and he was, I mean, Joshua, and I love how Joshua, like I said before, he had that listening ear. He had that way of being able to communicate and say, look, I understand this is from God. So I, you know, tell me what God has said. What did my Lord say? And I mean, we need to be just like him. We need to honestly, sometimes just pause before the battle and pause and know that this is from God and that we need to be able to recognize when God speaks and when we need to listen, when we need to stop what we're doing, pause, what is everything that's going on and listen to what God has said. Amen. Verse 15, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Let me say that one more time. Verse 15, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy shoes from off of thy feet for the place thereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, how I mean, loose thy feet, meaning that the shoes, the uh, the sandals on his feet, the shoes that were on his feet, he needed to remove them because it was holy ground. I love the symmetry that um, God has given Joshua because when Moses was at the burning bush, God said, you know, you can tell he, he had to, you know, you know, know that was significance in that he was talking to God and that he was able to, you know, he had to take off his shoes. He had to bow. He had to give God reverence and honor and glory. Amen. That pause. I mean, that moment to recognize and obey God and know that that's God and no one else. I mean, you can't take nothing from that. Verse six, chapter six, excuse me. Now, Joshua was straightly shut up because of, excuse me, now I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> now, Jericho was straight, strictly shut up, up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse two, and the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hands Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Verse three, and ye shall compose the city, all ye men of war and go round about the city once thou shalt do six days. Verse four and seven priests shall bear before the ark, seven trumpets of the ram horns and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. Paraphrasing. This is what God has said to Joshua that the people shall, well, the mighty men shall have the Ark of the Covenant with the priest and the Levites to go around with the men, go around the city seven times. And on the last day, the trumpet, the priests are going to be able to blow the trumpets and blow it loud. And verse five, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast, with the ram's horn. And when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. 
and the walls of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Verse six, and Joshua, the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of seven ram's horns before the ark of the covenant. Significance in God's kingdom is the verse number seven. Seven is perfect. It is a number that you see significantly throughout the Bible. So please make sure you understand God is perfect in his wisdom and his understanding. We don't know everything and God's, like I said, they say, and it says in the word, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So we need to, when we're going through this journey in the word of God, we need to be able to realize and understand God is putting his significant stamp of approval on all of this, whether it was good or bad, God was able to understand and know what's going on. And also at the same exact time, he's teaching us what is good, what is bad and what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. And also at the same exact time for the examples, I keep saying in the Bible, that's for us to know and and learn from his word, not, not to do what they're doing, but if it was bad situation or examples, but to realize and recognize here, this is an example of knowing what God has said to his people. And because of the mighty man of God gave from the angel, gave it to, gave it to Joshua to, to learn how to be able to conquer Jericho. He was able to be significant in his strategies so that this can be able to do it the way that God said to do it. Let me say that one more time. Simply put, trust God, obey God, and God will assist you in every battle you go through. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Trust God, obey God, and do the following steps that he has taught you to do in order for you to be victorious. Amen. Now, it says it that, in verse uh, six, and Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Verse seven, and the Lord, and he said unto the people, excuse me, and he said unto the people, pass on and compass the city and let him that is on, pass on before the ark of the Lord. Verse eight, and it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn passed on before the Lord, blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. Verse nine, and the armed people went before the priest that blew with the trumpets and the reward came after the ark, the priest going on and the blowing of the trumpets. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand that God has a strategy that we don't understand? But we need to be able to pay attention to when God is sitting here and talking to his people. This is very important. Verse 
10 and Joshua had commanded the people saying, ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. Okay. Verse 11. So the ark of the Lord compassed the, the city going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. Verse 12, and Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continuously and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the re re reward came after the ark of the Lord and the priests going in and blowing with the trumpets sounding everything. Oh my God. That's not in the word of God, but just that verb. I mean, just to be able to know that God was in the atmosphere that, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up with, um, a trumpeter and his name was Phil Trisco. And he would say, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. And this was so significant because uh, the people were able, especially the priests were blowing the ram's horns. And this was significant in the children of Israel's traditions and knowing, letting people know and understand who was there and whom they served. That was significantly uh, profound. But I wanted to stop here and pause here because number one, is still getting juicy, but you see, God is still preparing the children of Israel to go into war. And with the sanctification, he paused, he, he gave them time to be able to, to, uh, admit their sins and get rid of everything that isn't of them, of God. And that weighs them down. What is weighing you down on today? Do you have things that you need to get rid of before 2024 or before the next day, or even, you know, with your marriage or your children or your, 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 um, finances or your coworkers or, or your job, or just, I mean, from your past childhood experiences, you know, people that you work with or, uh, that you used to grow up with. I mean, some things can be a hindrance to us as the body of Christ. So we need to start realizing that and we don't need to take it into another year. We can get rid of it today. All the past hurts and failures and, you know, um, sometimes those things come up, but as, uh, those reminders come up, we need to sit there and say, you know what? I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm, I'm able to sit there and honestly say, God has blessed me with the things that I never thought I would have. And because, you know, you hear, you know, you hear people and you thinking that, oh, they mean you well, but sometimes people don't mean you well. And they try to plant those, those, uh, different seeds of discord or, or, um, or generational curses, or also, uh, just negativity into your life. So what I'm telling you on today is that God can be able to fix those things and he can be able to do it today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be able to, you know, give him, get on a natural phone, but you can get on a spiritual phone and you can talk to him. And also, uh, just to start, go to Romans 10 
And it says, uh, and I read it all the time, but I want to make sure that you go to it so you can understand it for yourself. Also, this is just the beginning. And it says you can be able to get on your hands and knees and say this Romans 10, nine through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus and say and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See this, these scriptures here, it's a call to reverence. It's a call to let you understand and wake you up and let you know that God is, he's, 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 he's willing and able to change you. You, you, you haven't gone so far that God can't come in and change you and, and, and also help you with your lifestyle and change your mannerisms and change the way that you used to live. And you can be on death's door and God will be able to come in and, and do the impossible in your life. And I'm telling you this because I know for a fact that God changed me. If God can change me, God can change you. And I may not seem like, you know, a lot for some people, but to me, the change is significant. It's huge. I went from being by myself to having a husband that is good and faithful to me and to our marriage and to our children and having three beautiful daughters that love me and I love them and to my husband loving me. So I'm telling you, God can change your life and he can do it. And in, in anything that you need, God can be able to supply it for you, whether it's finances, whether, you know, it's a spouse, whether it is finance to, uh, your mental health, to your job opportunities, to everything that you need and want in God, he can be able to supply it and you don't have to go back to the enemy. You don't have to go back and, and be in the enemy's camp to get what you need from God. You don't have to go to a witch or a warlock or get your palms read or, or seances or, or anything that is not of God. You don't have to go and do any of that. You can go to the source, which is God, and he will meet you there. Trust me when I tell you is that when you sit there and you give it all to God and you ask him to come into your life and change you and rearrange everything, he will do it and so much more. But this is just the starting point. It's up to you today to ask God to come in, to receive his son, to, to be able to have that change from the inside out. See, so many times people want to have that change but they don't know where to start. Go on your hands and knees and ask God to forgive you and, and accept his son. And don't you know, that's bet That's the best start that you can have and be genuinely, genuinely sorry for your sins and knowing that God will be able to help you 
to keep you going. Also, Mabel to, you know, just, you know, pray to God and ask God to, to help you to get back into the word of God and also get you into a place where you can be able to fellowship with like-minded individuals, like-minded Christians, believers in God. Have him to be able to instruct you on who you're supposed to be with and whom you are supposed to be able to interact with, who is to be able to help you to grow and mature and also be able to give you the tools that you need. And he can be able to help you as well as having your brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to help you. These are the things that we need in this time and this time and in God and word of God is very important. This is my bread and butter and it's going to be your bread and butter. And it's something about just being able to meditate, know the word of God, be able to listen to God's word and also be applied to our lives and read it, not just to read it, but to take it with us every day, because every bit of time that we spend in this word is something about God being able to show us deeper and deeper. Every time that I read the word of God, he's showing me different things in the word of God that I'd never seen before. And I've been reading this word, but you never know what God will be able to reveal to you. Amen. If we open up to God and we do what God says, do amen. Now I'm saying this, if you have, you know, prayer to prayer and you've been able to accept, you know, uh, said your sins before God and accepted his son into your, your life and him also, and the Holy spirit, congratulations. I'm so grateful and thankful that you have been able to be able to come into the fold of God and keep coming. I mean, if you have just now started listening to me by happenstance, thank you. If you have not and you've just heard this one before. Thank you. And if you've been with me before for so long, thank you. I thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and also other major platforms such as Facebook. I have an Instagram and also I have a YouTube account. And if you like what you've heard thus far, please leave us a five-star rating. This will help reach more people and having more questions and comments. And you can find us on Facebook. It is written at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is, it is written at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And once again, like I said, if you just heard me and you just stumble upon me, I mean, thank you. And if you've been with me from day one, I appreciate you listening. And if you've just given this podcast a chance and you seem to like it or, you know, I mean, give me, you know, give me a five star rating, questions and comments. If you have any about being able to be a believer, some of the things that I'm saying in the word of God, if you have questions or comments about it. Um, let's have a discussion. I don't mind, you know, please leave me, like I said, questions and comments, reach out to me. I am always available prayer. Also being able to understand and know, um, that God is with us and who can be against us. There is something about just being able to know that from 2023, he has kept us and into 2024, he is still going to keep us. But please 
Know that God is with us and whom can be against us. Amen. For every believer, I want to say Merry Christmas because Jesus was the reason for the season. And also into the new year, I want to say thank you, Lord, for one more day, one more minute, one more hour, one more second. I mean, down to the last um, nanomite, God is still good. And I'm going to tell you, I'm grateful and thankful that God is still on the throne. Throughout it all, I'm thankful and grateful for him being with us. Amen. Please, like I said, Leave your questions and comments if you have any on It Is Written, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A, Facebook. Also, It Is Written on Instagram. And also, I'm going to start doing my YouTube so you can see me in person. And also, at the same exact time, I want to be able to be, you know, more transparent. Check me out. Some days it's going to be, hey, you know what, pastor, prophetess. I may not be able to hear or see you on uh, YouTube. Check me out on Facebook. I have sometimes live streams. Uh, also, sometimes we're going to go into a little bit more in depth into the word of God coming into the 2024. So be, you know, just know that God is still with us no matter what's going on, no matter what you know, whatever is going on in the world, God is still in control. Amen. And he is the main one and the main source we should be able to point to and know that he is still the God of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen. All right. I got to go, but you have an awesome day on purpose, knowing that God will be able to take care of you. Thank you for listening. Kanon samida. Anyong.